full circle. Full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Family, it's Miss Wanda, and of course you are listening to Full Circle. I am super excited. I'm juiced, first of all, because I met this woman, and she just uh, from the moment I met her, I was like, I love her, and <laughs> I have something big to ask her later, but I'll ask her later. But I want to just jump right into the topic today because um, I've been reading this book, so I flew down for work, uh, flew down to San Diego for work, and this book kept me company on the plane. It's called oh. You Didn't Get the Memo. Hoo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> You didn't get the memo navigating corporate America. There are some gems about your career and how to navigate the workplace and really life. Yeah. So I want to go ahead and introduce my guest to you. Gloria Bailey Ray. Uh, she is the president and founder of It's Essential LLC. She is an author, TV talk show host, and a certified professional life coach. She has over 25 years experience in of progressive management experience in corporate America. She is the producer and host of the hottest local TV network show in the San Francisco Bay Area titled You Didn't Get the Memo, named after the book, and it airs on Coffee TV every Saturday at 2.30. So family, you can watch it. I watched the episode while I was driving to the bay i didn't watch it i listened to the youtube channel while i was i was not watching it i was driving safely okay (laughs) so um but it's a really good show so i I urge you to check it out um but gloria also holds a associate degree in registered nursing a bachelor of arts and humanities and a master's in public administration from university of san francisco and on the personal tip she's married she has two children five bonus children five grandchildren ten bonus grandchildren and eight Eight bonus great-grandchildren. Ooh, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. But I am so happy that you said yes, and you came all the way from Oakland to be here with me this morning. Absolutely, and I appreciate that. Absolutely, Miss Wanda. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I think that one of the things that's really important is, first of all, uh, I'm humble that you would ask me to be on your show. You know, full circle, you've been doing so much, so much in the community. And this is my opportunity to also give exposure in the Bay Area to your show at 97.5 FM, right? KDE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited that you would have me here. Aww. And I'm very, very pleased. And it was a very, very pleasant drive up here, believe it or not. So for those who are watching, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Georgia, Imani, Michael, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. But I'm here with Miss Wanda, so right. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's just dive right into it. Okay. Let's tell people about who you are. Where did you? We detected an accent. <laughs> so tell us about your background. Who are well, you? Who is Miss Gloria? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a Southern woman. I grew up in Arkansas, and I always tell people, if you blink one eye, you drive through the town. That's how small it is. (laughs) But the thing is, I grew up with rich 
uh, Southern values. And those are things that a lot of people today don't hold near and dear. And what I mean by that is, you know, basic things. Thank you. Yes. No. Please. And it seems that some of that's out the window. And I know not with everyone, but I grew up with those values. Um, I am the product. My dad was an organist and pianist for a church. Mm -hmm. My mom, you know, was over the choir, taught. Most people don't, unless you let people know how old you are, BTU, Baptist (laughs) Training Union. Yeah, my mom led that. So we were always in church, but um, I just always had this love and curiosity. And uh, believe it or not, we actually moved to Oakland when I was 11 years old. And I just remember it's wintertime and I'm looking at lemon and oranges growing on a tree. Mm -hmm. And I vow one day I'm going to be a nurse and I'm going to live in California. And I fulfilled both of those dreams. So uh, like you said, I am married and I'm a mom of biological mom of two but I have five beautiful bonus children and I think we added up about a total of 16 grands and great grands so it makes for a full family unit but uh, I'm just so grateful and I I have uh, you know just a wonderful support system yeah Mm -hmm. oh wow that just you know you're absolutely right I think about a lot when I'm out and about how values some values are just going out the window yeah the yeah. please and thank you like you said people always in a hurry and rushing yes. and, and that translates over into our career as it well does. it does yeah so we'll kind of merge over that way but i want to just start with the book so this really did keep me company on the plane and i don't know if you saw my post where there was only 16 people 15 people, 15 people on, on the, the flight back uh, right. from uh, ontario so we got to i got to stretch out and i had my book and i you see i got my little highlighted notes all in here you didn't get the memo right how did you even come up i mean i i've you know again i've already read part of the book mm-hmm. um, but how did you come up with that um i spent a great part of you know of my adult years in corporate america and back in the day if something needed to be communicated to people it would be sent via a memo. Mm-hmm. Of course, I came from it being hand delivered by way of paper mm-hmm. to then it was email. And um, on the tail end of my corporate career, I realized that, you know what, it just dawned on me. I didn't get that memo. Mm-hmm. And I found myself saying, how many other people don't get the memo? And literally, that was always kind of the buzzword when there were meetings or things going on. People say, I didn't get that memo. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, hence the name. You didn't get the memo. And in this case, it was navigating corporate America. And it just kind of stuck, you know? Yeah. I love that. That's my new catchphrase. And somebody's out. Oh, you didn't get that memo. Okay, (laughs) I love that. But it it does make sense how, you know, even in today's society or in today's workplace, how people don't communication is lacking. Right. And and things like that. Right. Um, With the you don't you didn't get the memo. You. So you were downsized out of jobs at one time. So this is a good guide for people that have been downsized, that are looking for career advice, Mm -hmm. that maybe want to change in their career. And so you decided that I'm going to just give it all to them. Right. Well, here's the reality. At the end of the day, 
I believe that there's a higher power that guides us. And sometimes we try to, my husband, he said, we're always trying to force a, you know, a square pig into a round hole Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't work. And I want people to know that there is life after corporate America. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There are so many things that we can glean and take from working within an organization, but you there you also need to realize your name's not on the moniker right. you're not signing checks it's mm-hmm. not your company and so although you may not like certain things and how they do things the reality of it is is that it's not your company yeah and if you keep trying to change things then you really didn't get the memo cuz people will move you out and you don't even know what happened, right? Absolutely. Going back to your saying um this book came about I became quite frustrated uh, there I am of the age of majority. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that uh, within a matter of, I think it was two years or less, I was downsized three times. Wow. And I remember going in on this interview and the gentleman said, wow, three times downsize. Uh, you know, kind of like it was almost like he was making it seem like something was wrong with me. And then later I found out that he'd been downsized like four or five times. Mm. And so he's in a position of power. But people forget that stuff happens. And we all need to recognize that there are some people, and this is what I say to to me, the 60 is the new 40. Mm. So if you're 60 years old and people are saying, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to learn how to do that. That's too much. Look, the way the age of automation, information technology, this is it's here. And if you're not embracing it, I mean, I mean, all you got to do is look around. Yeah. You go to the bank, you know, they're doing away with brick and mortar type things. Mm-hmm. You you stand in line forever because they want you to do everything online. That's the way that, you know, that it really is. Used to be you would get uh, your bills and paper. They want to send it to you electronically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to get that memo. Yeah. That either you get it or you're going to be left behind. That's so and true. that's a reality. That's so true. And I, I, so many places I want to go. <laughs> when the downsizing, how did you do emotionally? Like, I oh, can wow. see the first time, okay. But now three, you know, by time three, it's got to take an emotional hit. Of course. Of course, the first time. Because I took it very personally. Mm-hmm. You know, see, we're raised to give 110%, to be on time, to stay late, to work weekends, uh, you're trying to be that all-around team player. And look, after all of that, it still didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And the first time I was shattered, of course, I, I'm thinking, whoa, why me? And then, listen, I, if people don't get anything else, they need to get this. Corporations have a way of making it where you fall into that category or that group of people that, that's going to be let go. Mm-hmm. And so downsize is an easy kind of let you down. Instead of letting you hit the floor, you're going to hit a mattress, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of have a little bounce back. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is that, yeah, you take it personally. Um, I cried about it. I was hurt. I couldn't believe. And then what was interesting, some of the people that they kept I was like (laughs) you know what 
They don't know their head from a hole in the ground. Uh But again, you have to have a mind shift and you have to think about and realize there was something that was in that mix and it didn't include you. Mm -hmm. And so in corporate America, you have to recognize that you've got people who they will say all the right things. You've been in a meeting, those of you are watching and and you've got uh the boss will say, well, this is what I'm thinking that we should do. Mm-hmm. Now, even though you know that it's not the right way. And then because you see when your boots on the ground, mm-hmm. you really know what's happening. You're in touch. Yeah. People who are sitting in the Oval Offices, they don't have a clue. Right. So here you are and you're saying, mm. and so the people who've already heard what's going to go down, they get in a meeting. They say, oh, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's that's you know that's a great idea mm-hmm. of course me open mouth insert <laughs> foot i'm saying well you know the the thought had not been given to x y and z mm-hmm. so has there been any thought about this or that well guess what the boss is taking that rather than embracing saying you know that's a I have not. Or or they see it as, oh, you know, you making me look bad. You're usurping my authority. So part of not getting the memo is also learning to hold your tongue. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. They're in charge. They're making the decisions. And so all you can do is go out and give it a valiant effort. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, and then when you're in one-on-one and you say, well, I tried this, it appears to be. So it's also a matter of how you wordsmith things Mm -hmm. and soothing things. Because one of the things I also had to learn, people who are in higher positions, they have huge egos. And they value themselves based upon that position and that ego and so when they feel like that you are chipping away or you mm-hmm. make them look bad mm-hmm. that's just it's not going to work yeah and so the handwriting is on the wall so for those of you who are out there and um you're wondering should i or uh, if i if you speak up you know see what i also had to learn this when it's one-on-one it's your word against mine Ooh. too <laughs> You know, (laughs) but when you're standing in a group, Uh this is how people embrace it. And this is what they say. So, yeah. yeah. But to answer your question, the researchers version, of course, I I was. But each time that you I became downsized, it got a little bit easier and easier. And I found myself being able to listen to the message that I felt that God was giving me Uh in the first place. Because we all come here with gifts. Mm -hmm. You know, some of us squash it down. I was mashing my gifts down. Yeah. Oh, no. And then when you listen to other people and you're telling other people what you want to do in your dreams and your dreams are like this and they have to mash it down like this because they can't conceive of something bigger than that. Yeah. You have to be so careful of what you share with other people Mm -hmm. and how you share it, too. Yeah. You know, when you're on the job and you say, I'm going to open my own company. In fact, I'm already doing this at night and I'm doing this on the weekend. When you open mouth, I'm here to tell you there's somebody who will take that and run with it because mm-hmm. they're just people who like feeling like they're bringing something to the boss. Right. That old saying, a dog that brings a bone carries a bone, that's true. Yeah. It's very true in corporate America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that downsizing, that emotional um 
toll that it takes also on the people. I have one of my best friends works for a Fortune 500 company, and it seemed like every two weeks they were laying off, laying off. So now the people that haven't been affected yet can't do their job effectively because they're so busy wondering, am I next? Right, right. And that's what corporations don't take into consideration. When you start doing massive layoffs and downsizing, which is why in the book I also talk about why you need to have a plan B and Mm -hmm. a plan C and a plan D. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, multiple streams of income. People work so hard. If you work half as hard for something that you want for yourself Mm -hmm. as you do for somebody else, let me just tell you, you're ahead of the game. And once I realized wait a minute, I've got a lot of gifts. Uh, When I started telling some people I was going to write a book, they said, write a book? Girl, what you know about writing a book? Mm. Nothing. But I did some research and I wrote it, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's doing those things. And that gave me a stream of income. Then by writing a book, people wanted me to come and speak. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That's another stream of income, right? While I was being downsized and still looking for, quote, another job Mm -hmm. you know gotta have that job because we aren't really taught and raised to be entrepreneurs right so I'm looking for a job but in the meantime I became a certified life coach Mm -hmm. and I realized there's so much that people need and I wasn't trying to make amend I look at some things and people are like oh in order for me to see you my session costs $255 and I'm going okay well no You know, not that. I I give 15-minute free consultations. Mm -hmm. Not only that, my fees are so nominal. I've had even my own mentors say, you need to raise your fees. Mm -hmm. But it's not about that. It's about me really wanting to help people Mm -hmm. to get to the next level. And you've got to do something other than that job. And there are a lot of people who live. Look, lesson learned, never take your laptop, your work laptop, or your work phone with you when you're on vacation. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Okay? Mm -mm. I had this one boss, and I had sent him the information that he needed two weeks prior. I'm a planner. Yes, I Mm -hmm. do those things. Here I am. I am. I I mean, it's amazing. I'm in the Caribbean, and this dude is calling me on Mm. my phone. Mm. And saying, where's your report? I didn't get your report. And I'm like, I sent it to you. Rather than telling him, well, first of all, you need to go into the search bar in your email and put my name in and search for it, right? (laughs) Right, right. But again, those things, claiming your power, taking it back, and said, I did. But the main thing is, had I not even had the phone on, he couldn't have contacted me. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's like my husband said, if somebody dies during the night, why call me? I have nothing I can do. Right. right. Until the next day, the next morning. But I found myself running around and we found an Internet cafe. Mm. And, you know, I was able to go into my email and then resend it. And you know what he had the nerve to say? He had the audacity to say, oh, great. You wrote enough that I can include all the rest of the management team in his in the report. 
what's wrong with that picture? Yeah. And so I'm just saying to people, you guys, if you're out there and you're working, look, they hire you to do a job. Know what that job description is. Yeah. And stand for, draw those boundaries. There you go. And you said something that's so key. I didn't draw boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, people come in, oh, could I get your help? Could you do that? You're going to have coworkers that are going to do that. You're going to have bosses that are going to do that. You and, and the thing is, they will take credit for your work. Hello? Mm-hmm. We'll sit up in a meeting and look at you and say, oh, yeah, I... Uh, I put this together, uh, you know, I think Gloria was on the team. Sometimes they don't even mention your name. Mm -hmm. So guess what? You have to be real clear on how you do that or what you do. But when you draw the boundaries and know what your job description is, Mm -hmm. then that's it. Weekends, you don't get to call me. Yeah, yeah. You don't call me on weekends. Mm -hmm. You don't talk to me on weekends. That's my time. When I'm out Friday at 5 p.m., I'm out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But getting those memos and understanding that, and a lot of people just feel like, if I do that, I'm not going to have a job. Guess what? News flash. You're not going to have one anyway if you're in part of that downsizing. That's right. So those are things that just happen, but I want people to understand. Get the memo and realize that the job is not the end-all, be-all. A lot of y'all out there now, thank all of you guys for being on. Listen, you've got gifts. you got talent. I learned how to make jewelry. Hello. I learned how to... Um, you know, I always love cooking, uh-huh. but really baking, doing things that I love. And a lot of us are so busy working, we don't even know what we like That's or right. what we love, mm-hmm. right? That's all we know is work, work, work. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how many people work, they retire, and they die. Mm-hmm. I want to live life to the fullest. Yeah. You know, so... If my guy says that, you know, that he has promised me an abundant life, that means that I'm supposed to enjoy it mm-hmm. and have fun. Right. And all this work all the time. Also, the other thing about when you got something else going on, mm-hmm. you have a different perspective on your job. That's too. true. That's very true. You have a different perspective on your job. And so when you're caught up and doing other things, and for all of you who say, I can't do anything, I, um, you know, I tell people 50s, 60s, 70s, we forgot how to volunteer. Mm-hmm. See, I came up in the day in the age of candy stripers. Hospital had candy stripers, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And all you did was going around taking reading materials and doing different things. But now, as our aging population is living longer, it's amazing how many people don't feel that you would be amazed at the impact you would have on going to a senior citizen home, a retirement home, and, and talking to people, singing songs, do, just doing, just being there but volunteer and we forgot that you know we are servants yeah and that means that we're supposed to also give back to whom much is given much is required and that means that god has given a lot to all of us but a lot of us we squelch it down we squander it we're so busy hating on one another and look by the way y'all corporate america knows that And so they ask you questions. So what do you think about Gloria? She's 
she's outspoken, huh? They just waiting for you, so, the buzzword. And here you are, you singing like a parakeet. And it's like, for what? And you don't even know anything really about nothing but because somebody has opened that door and you could have a beef with that person we need to learn especially as people of color you need to learn to stop putting down your brothers and sisters if you have an issue let it be your issue don't encourage other people you hear what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so you know there's so much i'm currently working on the second edition of you didn't get the memo Mm -hmm. because there's so much more i really take what people give me the feedback and and share that but uh it's going to even be even meatier and healthier than, you know, this first book. Because it was my first foray into yeah. even writing a book. But I just knew there's so much that people don't get yeah. and that they need to understand. And part of that is what are the dynamics when I'm in an office versus what are the dynamics when I'm outside the office? What are the dynamics when I'm interfacing with bosses? All of those things. Yeah. And, and you know, that old saying... Um, always remember things are never the way they seem Mm -hmm. they may look a certain way to you but when you're not on the inside and you really know what it is it's not at all what you think it is yeah and so that's kind of um you know where i'm at where i'm at my stage in life why i'm doing so many things i launched my own nonprofit, savant women of change mm-hmm. it's a private nonprofit, but savant is defined as extremely intelligent and with that i'm doing a lot of things that are focused around community but more so around women yeah. because there's a lot of healing that needs to take place mm-hmm. a lot of healing you know we know folks we got people i was sharing with you that i have two cousins that have been three cousins really so supportive you know hey look check out my cousin but then there are other people who know what you're doing but they won't dare hit their share button they won't dare um you know comment they won't dare but they always sitting there to look so we need to learn to heal ourselves and there's a lot of healing that really needs to take place and at some point we have to quit blaming other people other situations other you know the reality is go out and get your own 40 acres and a mule you can do it you can make it you have to realize that this is what i need to do for me but when you don't get those memos it doesn't happen and there are people sitting on talents oh my goodness i'm like oh if i just had a fourth of that but again you got to be willing to get the memo mm-hmm. and you got to be willing to understand the memo. Right? right. Right. And so those are just, you know, some of my tidbits. You know, I can talk. <laughs> well, I want to I want to piggyback on one thing before we go to break. All right. And it was All really right. important is the volunteering, because I think sometimes people think that if I'm not happy with my job, I have to go out and start a business. Right. right. Or, do mm-hmm. you know, if I or if I'm OK with my job, but I need something more, I have to start a business. That not That's not necessarily true. You can volunteer and still be fulfilled. You might have a job that you absolutely love and are fine with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you may just need a little something else. And that right. could be volunteering. So it doesn't right. necessarily mean you have to launch into entrepreneurship absolutely. to have, you know, this fulfilling life. Absolutely. You can. Do, but there are things and like you said, gifts and talents 
talents that we have that we can share with others, and that can be in the form of volunteering right. as and well. And one thing uh, along that, Miss Wanda, um, thank you for bringing that up, is you may be on a job that you you like or maybe not particularly excited about Mm -hmm. but people get on the jobs and the one thing that they never do they don't come in and ask for mentors Mm -hmm. number one Mm -hmm. number two they don't know what the uh, progression looks like in terms of uh, if I do this job what are the next steps Mm -hmm. so those are things that if you go on a job just know that you may be in a job that it's okay but I always say when I learn things from the ground up Mm -hmm. that's something they can't take from me because I'm never going to ask you to do something that I myself don't know how to do. Right. So people need to also know what's available for them as well within yeah. the realm of a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, this is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with my guest, Gloria Bailey Ray, author, uh, TV host, coach, and just all around phenomenal <laughs> woman. So we will be right back. We're going to dive into the book when we come back. You didn't get the memo. We're going to talk about some of those things in your career uh, in navigating corporate America and our I also want to ask because I am a government employee. Okay. So what are the differences too between corporate America and those of us that work in the public sector <laughs> right, too? Because right. there are some differences yes, there as well. Yes. We'll be right back. Stay here. Don't go anywhere. More conversation with Gloria Bailey Ray. All right. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And she is back empowering you with knowledge and wisdom. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. Yes, it is Full Circle. I am your host, Miss Wanda. Thank you so much for staying with the program, having a wonderful conversation with my guest, Gloria Bailey Ray, TV host, radio host, and author of the book, You Didn't Get the Memo, Navigating Corporate America. And we're going to dive right into the book because she's got so many nuggets, so many gems in this book. I want to just make sure we cover as much as possible. So the (laughs) first chapter is called The Dawning. Mm-hmm. And you talk specifically about fear. Right. In in that chapter. And I'm going to just go over here because there was something that you said in the f- chapter regarding fear. Okay. Is people fear what they don't understand. That's true. But the acronym FEAR, F-E-A-R, stands for false evidence appearing real. And that old saying, things are never the way that they seem or they look. And a lot of times that goes back before we went to uh, commercial break. It's talking about how people will uh, assume, you know what they say about assume, the first three letters of that, um, and they don't really know. And so, you know, the dawning, false evidence appearing real. And I think that it's really important that people understand that when they come on a job, and of course, it's that boss's job, it's that recruiter's job to make you think that, you know, you guys are BFFs, that they love you, you're awesome, because one, they have uh, a job that they need to do. They need to fulfill the a position. They need to try to get the best possible candidate. And guess what? They're going to put on their Sunday best. And when we say that, meaning, you know, they've got all the right airs, mm-hmm. they've got, they're carrying themselves in such a way, and you think, oh my God, they are so wonderful. They're so awesome. But what you forget to do when you're interviewing or being interviewed, you forget to interview them. Right. And so that's why the false evidence appearing real because they come at you like, 
oh, they're just so sweet and kind. And then you find out that you're working for a dragon. Mm, mm. You working for someone who uh, is out of control, screaming, yelling, throwing. I, I've seen bosses that, that have literally stood up and cursed mm. employees. Mm. And the employee is like just devastated yeah. because that wasn't what they were shown when they first met them. You make a really good point that people do not take the opportunity to. When they ask you at the end, what questions do you have? You need to really, I mean, again, it's your, it's your job just as much. And it's so funny. My manager always says this, and we were just on an interview panel two weeks ago. And, you know, he tells everyone, we're interviewing you and you're interviewing us. Right. So you right. need to make sure right. it's a good fit for you. In fact, Absolutely. I went on an interview um, just two days ago and um, the questions that I asked and the body language, I was looking at all that, not just what I was asking, but the body language mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. person that was the prospective manager right. and right. looking at all of those things and what were some of her facial expressions and reactions and how was she reacting to the fact that I asked, is there flexibility on the job? Did she Was she like, oh yeah, or was she kind of tensed up? You know, and looking at those things. So you Ooh, have to come holla. prepared with your questions as well and right. I don't think people think that they have the right to, but you have every right right absolutely to ask those questions because this is your life yeah yeah yeah. and when you really think about it when you're on a job and you have a job you know you spend more time with people at work than you even do with your own family and friends Mm -hmm. and so it's really really critical and and you need to really know how do they manage um, you want to find out. I, I remember going on a job interview and I asked, it was just something about this guy in my gut. And so I said, um, he was telling me about bragging about the top team and how they were doing. And so I asked him, I said, well, could I um, meet with, you know, one or two of your top uh, producers mm-hmm. and uh, get some perspective from them? They waited till I got home and said, uh, we're rescinding the offer. Oh. Because the thing was, people are afraid of what other people are going to say. But see, when you're treating people like they're supposed to be treated um, and you're straightforward, you shouldn't have any fear. And a person that's taking this job needs to know as much as they possibly can because it costs a lot for a company to to interview, hire, train somebody, and then to lose them within the first six months to a year, right? So that's also, or it should be, but for a lot of people, that's not what they do. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really important. And you are so right. When people come in and you say, well, what questions do you have for me? And they don't ask. I want to know, what's your management style? Mm. You know, what's your tolerance to stress? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with stress? Yeah. You know, because if they are people who don't have a high tolerance for stress, and the, and those are the people who are calling on the weekends, by the way, or at nine or ten o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and they need something, it, it's like it just doesn't work. You like can that. read it in the room when right. you're when you're sitting in that interview and mm-hmm. you're asking those tough questions. Mm-hmm. You like I said, you can read their body language right. and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And so um, again, like you said, how do you feel with nowadays? You know, people like to uh, telecommute, right? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really big thing. Um, if you are going to allow someone to telecommute, then 
I mean, do you think that they're supposed to have a camera in their house for you to watch every move mm-hmm. there? And, and people just need to know those company issue things like a computer, cell mm-hmm. phone. They've got tracking devices. They know where you are. So my thing is, I'm going to be straight up. Here's the real deal. Mm-hmm. This is what I've done. But when you've done your work, yeah. that should be enough. And for some people it is, and for some people it's not. Yeah. And unfortunately, corporate America and even the government has not caught up with, um, you know, recognizing that there are some people who work smarter and not harder. There are some people who are able to get their job done. And it doesn't mean that, you know, that they are incompetent. It's just that they've done what they need to do. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that you mentioned in the first chapter, and I love this so much, is having a game plan. And what is your game plan? You mentioned it earlier. You need to have not only a plan A, but a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, because you never know how life can turn. And even in, I'm going to say, even in government positions, Mm -hmm. sometimes there's re- not redistricting <laughs> there's reorging right so there's a reorg that goes on and you get shifted right, so we right. might not necessarily be able to be let go like in the private sector mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. either way you still need to have a game plan or for when that job doesn't suit you anymore what right. are you going to do next and right. so the, you talk about the importance of having a game plan right and also I will say especially in the government sector like you said it's not so much a layoff or mm-hmm. downsizing mm-hmm. but one of the things that, and this is for whether you're corporate or government, that people come in, they only want to know their job. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So guess what? You need to become friends with all of these other people. You need to find out what they need to do. You need to find out if you can do an internship to kind of understand what it is that that person does. That makes you more marketable. Mm -hmm. When you aren't marketable, that's one of the reasons why they can let you go because you can only do one thing. People forget that it's really important. I will never forget. um, I was told by... um, someone who is a um, she's a VP and I wanted to get to know more and she said to me don't hesitate to ask for coffee you know ask them for coffee start off hey could I grab a (laughs) cup of coffee with you or breakfast Mm -hmm. get there early and I had this one boss that was a witch yes I said Mm -mm. witch Mm y'all and she said oh no you don't ask the boss for breakfast or coffee or lunch Uh, it took them a long time to finally get rid of her but the reality of it was her fear was that I'm going to say something about her or uh, there may be a question that's asked about how she manages and she was fearful of that Mm -hmm. but you guys those of you who are watching you need to know it's okay hey reach out I I mean how else are you going to really understand let me tell you most bosses are not promoting you to the president and CEOs of company that's why I say in the boardroom you would be amazed that the people who are sitting there making decisions about your lives and because other people don't know you or you're afraid to go up and talk to them, you need to talk to them. You need to find out how they got to where they are. You need to find out, you know, what keeps you up at night? What are those critical uh, areas that you feel that we need to shore up in an organization? What are your long-term goals? Talk to them. Don't be fearful. And that is how managers and bosses 
mid managers, you know, senior managers, they keep you packed down and they're only telling the CEO and presidents or HR what they're interactions with you have been Mm -hmm. and so guess what by the way guys if you have not had an opportunity to uh, check out your HR file most people don't even think about that Mm -hmm. you're going to be amazed at what you're going to find in that file stuff that people have put in there you weren't even aware and that's the other piece and so why you want to develop a relationship or friendship with the VPs and the presidents and I always try to make it a point to get to know the CEO the president Presidents, their secretary, because they know where the bodies are buried. Right. They're doing everything. But people just walk through life and they think that their boss said, Oh, yeah, I told the boss that you were awesome. You're doing an awesome job. Well, let me meet with them so I can tell them myself. You know, but a lot of people think, and I think sometimes the culture makes it seem like those people are untouchable. Right. Yeah. And right. so, and so I can't. Who am I to talk to the boss? Who am I to talk right. to the CEO? Right. And so I think a lot of people end up having that type of mindset because the culture makes it seem like those right. people are untouchable. I think I think that you're absolutely right. But here's the thing I would say to people. Mm-hmm. Look, remember this. They put their pants and panties on the same way you do. Mm-hmm. One leg at a time every day if they're changing them. So I'm just saying, you know, you have to understand that you can't be fearful uh, because there's someone that's holding your career and what happens to you in their hands Mm -hmm. and you're entrusting them and then you find out that they really didn't have your best interest at heart in the first place yeah so that's not that's not the way and I know that it may seem difficult but start off with something small Um, you know one of the things that people don't think about doing they don't think about finding out what organizations the boss's boss volunteers and is a part of. Mm. Find out what those are. Join and come up. Now, if if there's a common interest. Now, I I mean, if if they're in water polo and you can't even swim, then we know that's that's not going to happen, right? right? But there are other things that uh, they usually have a passion for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by joining those organizations, then what happened is that person sees you. Now, that's if you're looking to be on a career path and track. But sometimes it's also just an opportunity for you to just give back. And what that individual sees and will speak up. And I personally had that happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a boss who I'm still friends with today. My husband and I vacation with them um, and he just saw something in me and what he had heard he said that's not what I'm seeing and he just said to me I'm, I'm going to make sure that that you have a great career and guess what he did and he saw that and he promoted that within me but what he saw was those things that I genuinely cared about mm-hmm. and so you don't have to be a faker yeah. Be who you are. Be straight up. Be real. Because one of the things that happens when you grin <laughs> and you're telling them that that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to setting the boundaries, don't speak to me like that. Mm-hmm. Don't touch my shoulder. Please do not get in my face. Do not shake your finger, point your finger in my face. I am not going to have this conversation with you while you are yelling. I suggest you go back to wherever you were calm down and then call me and see if we can have a civilized conversation if those things aren't happening guys you're allowing somebody to treat you 
probably the way they treat other people and they've gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why they do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, oh no, hey, look, I I grew up a little bit. I'm not gonna beat you down. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let me just tell you, I'm not going to allow you to disrespect me. Yeah. And so I don't care about being liked. I do care about being respected. Yeah. And that's something different, guys. People need to understand that there is a difference because there are a whole lot of folks that like you. Oh, we love her. Mm-hmm. You know, but guess what? They have no respect. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's so critical. Man, this is a wonderful conversation. If you're just joining us, this is Full Circle, talking with my guest, Gloria Bailey Ray. We're talking about her book, You Didn't Get the Memo, Navigating Corporate America and Basically Your Career. So when we come back, we're going to dig more into the book. I want to talk about leadership. I want to talk about finding a mentor. There's so much, so many things we need to cover in the next hour. So oh, okay. keep it right here. We will be right back. This is Full Circle. Okay. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle. Empowering women through conversation. This is what she does. She is Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. Thank you for staying. This is a wonderful conversation. We have an hour left. I want to dive into so much (laughs) stuff, so we're going to get right back into it. Uh, One of the things that we talked about was really important is Mm -hmm. resumes, there's yes. a lot of people out there that may be looking for work or maybe looking to change things up mm-hmm. a little bit. What kind of tips can you give people about their resume? Yeah, well, first of all, I think that one of the things people must do is um, that they must make sure that what they put on paper is factual. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, you know, you don't need to embellish. You you don't need to do all those kind of crazy things. You need to write a resume. For those people who are, let's say, 40-ish and over, and you've had a long work history, you only need to include, you know, the last 10 years. Because let me tell you, they're going to find it out anyway, Mm -hmm. right? I do think that one of the tools that people need to be aware of is to upload their resume on LinkedIn, because you can find so many jobs uh, there. But resumes need to be factual. They need to be concise. Um, you know, a lot of people want to have the, the days of having, if, unless you're applying for probably a, a serious management level, mid level, upper level job, you know, try to keep your resume to one page and a cover letter. I mean, it's that simple because you can cover so many things in your cover letter, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, should be no more than about three small, short paragraphs. Okay, but uh, when you're writing it, it needs to be factual. It needs to be timely. You don't need to try to include all of these things, because if let's just say that you're applying for a job um, as a, a hostess at wherever and you did that job. 25 years ago. Well, what you can do in your cover letter is that you can actually say in, um, you know, previous positions, I have worked as a hostess, I've done blah, 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 whatever that is, without you having to list and go all the way down. Well, my resume goes back to 1965 when Mm -hmm. I started work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, but keep it short, but make sure that it also mirrors what the job description is. People just start to write and by the way, if you just follow that, you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars to a resume writer. Nobody knows what you have done more so than you. Right. 
right? Yeah. And you have to trust that. So that, again, I come back to the spiritual piece. you got to trust mm-hmm. that with what you're putting down on paper is factual. There will be someone who will see it because the right job will show up for you. Yeah, you know? that's so true. I always struggle with this. I have a super long career with the state. And when I go to apply <laughs> for something, I wonder, like, right. if there's a job that, like, uh, back in 2007 I did outreach and marketing and stuff or Mm -hmm. in my radio stuff Um, I always feel like I have to list every job to get to that but Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you said you you can actually cover that in your cover letter and if that piques their interest then they'll ask you about it when it's time for you to interview. The other thing about resumes too and uh, thank you um, Daryl for this but this is true Uh, the reality of it is is social media so Mm -hmm. let me just say this one little piece you guys if you're looking for a job and you got all kind of crazy stuff on your social media account Mm -hmm. listen let me just tell you if you're talking about hating killing guns um you know uh say you interview someone i i know this has has happened uh went on an interview and talked about your old boss and call him all kind of use some really explicit language Mm -hmm. guess what they're not gonna hire you they look at your social media accounts and people think that they don't but they actually do Mm -hmm. and so you have to be aware of what it is that you're posting how you're posting and those kinds of things as well because it's one thing for the resume but they get a real feel and and by the way you guys stop living your life out on social media Y'all know what I'm saying? Y'all feel me? You feel me what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that happened, people put, you and I, we're on social media, but our platforms is different. But when I see people and they're talking about they were hanging out, they were partying, and they was drinking, and they got, they turning it up. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. That's what I mean when I say living your life, you know, Mm -hmm. out on social media. Um, is that really, really necessary? Just have discretion. Or, or, right. Or going out, calling people out. Um, you got an issue with a person. Don't go on social media because other folks are reading this. They're like, well, what happened? Who Who's she cussing out? Or who's he cussing out? Mm-hmm. It's it's not important. Listen, block the person and keep it moving. <laughs> That's <laughs> I like what that I advice. say. I block you, keep it moving. <laughs> I, love, I love that advice. Um, one of the other things that people don't realize that sometimes happens and more employers are doing it is they do background checks oh my gosh they've not been just doing the social it. media but right they do even some even do credit checks as that's well that's right that's yeah. right and there's a reason for the credit check think about it if you've got a corporate card mm. and mm. Uh, if you have horrible spending habits your credit is bad and look i'm a witness being a manager i had a, a woman had a corporate credit card and this is how you you need to know sometimes you don't know who all the players are and she gave her husband a 40th birthday party using the corporate credit card now Mm. it would have been one thing if you could say okay maybe that was a mistake but when you go to trader joe's and you charge up three or four hundred dollars worth of stuff Mm. then you go to beverages and mo and you charge up three or four uh you know, hundred dollars worth of stuff. That wasn't a mistake. Yeah. Okay. And the reality of it is, is that one of the things that they tell people, Oh, I pulled the wrong credit card. So companies that are looking to hire you, they want to know of your credit worthiness because guess what? If you leave a company, you go out, I've even heard of people buying cards with corporate cards Mm -hmm. and guess what? And then leaving the company. So 
you have to remember that the company is on the hook too, and they're yeah. going to protect their investment. Yeah. yeah. So that's a whole point about credit worthiness and, and doing credit checks. That is a good point. I really mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't realize that. Another thing, when it comes to the workplace, so we've got our resume together. We know what we need to say. We know how we need to clean up our act on social right. media. We get to the job. What do we need to know about these coworkers of ours? Okay, well, listen, you get to the job. A lot of people come into the job and they want to come in and immediately be friends. They're not your BFFs, right? <laughs> you ever notice how some people ask you all these questions about you? Mm-hmm. They're not forthcoming about themselves, but they're asking questions about you. You've got to learn how to flip the script Mm -hmm. and say, well, before I answer that, tell me a little bit about what you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they've asked you, are you married? You know, are you married? Do you have children? You know, and guess what? You don't ever have to answer the question, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people live out their whole life. Mm -hmm. They got pictures of their families. (coughs) They've got uh, pictures of their vacation, all all that. Sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you you know you've got all this stuff out here. People don't need to know everything about you, right? And for those of you who feel like I earned it, listen, I understand that. But listen, when you come to a job, I always want to know where the CEO parks. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. I found out that the CEO that was still driving like a 2001 or 2000 Honda Civic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But he's making several million dollars a year. People come to work and they want to be all flashy. They, they, you know, they got the 22s, they got the rims, mm-hmm. they got, and I understand if that's your only means, but do you have to park it right up front? And, you know, it's got to be all these things. Sometimes we can come to a job and we can be so flashy and overbearing because literally, <clears throat> true story, I was wearing cubic zirconium and I had this boss that says to me, Gloria, I think we're paying you too mm. much. Uh, you, you. You know, you got on diamond earrings and diamond and look, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, really, dude? But the reality of it is this is people's perceptions. Now, I'm not saying that when you're out and about, but when you're on a job, it's almost like you have to kind of, you know, be that person that's not the flash and all this because one of the things I do and at least black people look we know how to talk we love to talk we're gregarious we're all this but sometimes you just need to kind of hold your mule be cool be calm and watch what they do assess the situation always mm-hmm. instead of just coming in and whoo we're all on it and that kind of thing yeah. and so I'm just saying just being aware. I'm not trying to take away from anybody. If you make enough money, you can drive a Benz or a BMW, but don't be driving and then you're riding on Maypops. You know what Maypops are. No, I don't. You got four tires on a BMW that or, may pop. or a Benz and they may pop. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You, you yeah. know, you see yeah. people who are like to drive in nice cars and you look at them like they don't have no tread on their tires. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or the car for, on the inside is just it looks trash. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. those are the things that's really important. Yeah. So it take it for what it's worth. It just depends on where you are and what it is. I know some people say, fake it till you make it. So I'm driving this lease car. But listen, HR already done pulled all your background. They already know that that car that you got is, um, that that car is leased. They know that you don't own it. Um, they know how many times you're behind. Because see, people don't read the fine print when they're giving the authority for people to check into their background Mm -hmm. and then when you're living your life out on social media you know you're telling everybody about everything that you did Mm -hmm. you know hey god glory did you have a great weekend i had a very nice weekend oh what did you do i just kept it really quiet and low-key that's end of story Mm -hmm. how about yourself what did you do Mm-hmm. Let them talk. Yeah. But sometimes you just need to be able to hold your tongue and not let everybody know. That's my mama say, never let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's not that's not being um you, you know, it's not like you're hiding something, but sometimes we need um you know, uh, to hold back. Now, somebody named Patrick just said, why do we have to go to work to make others comfortable with us? But you have to understand, get that memo. I didn't say you have to make them comfortable with you. That's a difference. I said, some of the things is, is that you need to understand when you go to work that you don't need to let people know everything about you. Patrick, thank you for, uh, for that question, but it's not about making people being comfortable. I'm always going to be who I am. But I also know that sometimes I can walk in and people see me as being um, a threat because I'm confident. Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable. You know, I'm articulate. I'm able to go in. And so it's not about... making people feel comfortable it's about the sometimes also knowing the space that you're within as well if that makes sense assessing the situation is important Mm -hmm. and and recognizing what people um you know we as black folks face so many different adversities in the workplace it's like you need to really peep what's happening Mm -hmm. around you and your surrounding Mm -hmm. and who's really in your corner and who's not and all of the things right so yeah yeah, yeah thank you and, for that, and I'm just I'm reading some of the comments mm-hmm. and, um, it, you know, it is true. You know, there are certain things when you go on an interview, um, I say to women, um, do you need to come in and wear uh, eight inch pumps and uh, a micro mini skirt or are you there for the job? Or are you there to audition, you know, for pole dancing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's understanding what it is. And by studying the company, you'll know what the culture is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is there a dress code? What is that dress code? And by the way, dress code, dress down don't mean that you need to have your chastity belt, your thong showing your cheeks out because people dress down and they say, oh, it's dress down Friday. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mm. we need to understand what dress down Friday means. If you pair of sneakers, you got some jeans, but do you need to come in? And sometimes uh, and corporations, they're kind of keep it nebulous, Mm -hmm. but they're behind the back and behind the scene. They're saying, wait a minute. Did you see how she came up in here? You know, now I know that she wears a thong. I know. Mm. And so is that really necessary? Look. Not every, uh, all of us, including myself, don't have flat guts, right? Mm-hmm. And so you coming up in there with your gut out and a midriff top on, is that really dressed down? Mm-hmm. So we need to understand, although the boss is not saying a whole lot, but mm-hmm. they, you got to be careful about what it is that they're not saying. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You know, so that's why I say you didn't get the memo if you coming up in there and you looking like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But just remember, it's not about making other people be comfortable. It's about also setting the tone for respect. And it's also about um, making sure that people honor who you say that you really are, too. Yeah. Because people can say their one thing, but their actions and their dress is another mm-hmm. right yeah okay we're gonna go to break when we come back i want to talk about a very um uh hot topic and that is <laughs> okay. dating in the workplace okay. which happens a lot in some of the right. pitfalls that can happen when people decide to have relationships with their co-workers or even managers and supervisors mm. so when we come back from the break i want to talk about that and a couple of more things this is full circle i'm having a conversation with my guest gloria bailey ray author of you you didn't get the memo navigating corporate america we'll be right back fam if you have something to add to the conversation drop us a line at full circle 975 at gmail.com and we're back with miss wanda life coach motivational speaker and friend of sisters everywhere this is Full Circle. This is Full Circle. Thank you so much for staying with the program. Going to jump right into it. We had a call at the break, and she mentioned some really good things, so we want to jump right into that. She talked about us talking about workplace bullying, and what are some of your thoughts around that, Miss Gloria? Yeah, um, I, that's an a excellent, excellent uh Uh, question about workplace bullying one of the things that people need to realize is that no matter where you are you've got bullying we hear about it you know of course at school um, but on the job it does happen and so again that goes back to when we first started is to talk about this and it is setting the tone when you come into a workplace setting you're going to have people who want to come in. How many of you have had coworkers that have come in and say to you, I need you to do so-and-so, and so like they're the boss, mm-hmm. you know, again, using tack and diplomacy, you need to look at them. And, you know, one, I would ask the question, um, I, can you tell me why you're asking me to do this? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Has it been talked with? And, and, you know, listen to what they say, and then you can always go and check with your superior. Don't take what they say as the gospel, unless, of course, you know that there's that the team leader. Some people call them team leaders. But the thing is, is to let them know that, do I need to do it right now? Mm-hmm. You know what? Again, setting the tone. Now, what, what about when the when the bullying is coming from your superiors? Oh, look, here's the reality. First of all, you guys all need to learn how to document. No question. You need to document. Uh, I call them your attaboy, girl file. You need to document and, and say, and, and I'm huge. Maybe it's the nursing piece of me but on this day and now y'all all all got phones right so you can just speak into the phone on this day this time i so and so and so said blah 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 but if it's coming from your superior the first thing i would say is first of all ask for a meeting with the superior one-on-one when you get in, you need to be real clear. don't talk about your emotions or start crying and all of this Here is what I have observed that you do when you're speaking to me. Mm -hmm. Tell them, be factual, and then say, in order for us to have a good working relationship, 
I am respectfully asking that you do not speak to me in that tone, that you do not, whatever that mm-hmm. is, because now you put them on notice. Yeah. Right. And like I said, you know, there's an old piece of me, you know, I, I'm ready to like kick your behind. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can't always go there. And that doesn't solve anything. The other thing is that a lot of times, especially with um, women, you know, what do people say? Oh, they they have a tendency to be emotional, mm-hmm. right? That's why I said come in with facts mm-hmm. on this day. And then follow it up after you've met with them with an email. I would say to you, Miss Wanda, thank you so very much for meeting with me today um, and allow me to express my concern over your behavior when you've spoken with me, blah, blah, blah. Because anytime you start writing a memo, Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, they get it because they know that you are now documenting. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really important. Also, if it continues, the other thing is you do need to make sure that you everybody has an HR partner. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that your HR partner is aware of that. And that person has a boss as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have a couple of avenues to go to but i would go to my hr partner i would say these are the things that i have experienced from miss wonder whomever it is Mm -hmm. and i have asked for a meeting we have met this behavior has still continued now you're documenting you got a trail and here's the thing people worry about i really need this job listen then you don't have enough faith that you're going to be taken care of because you say you really need the job but do you really need to have somebody disrespect and talk down to you and Mm. treat you bad Mm -hmm. that's the other thing and that goes back to whatever you have we need to learn to live below our means instead of above our means right Mm -hmm. so i'm just saying I'm not telling you, any of you on here, to deny yourself. But what I am saying to you is that we need to understand, you know, how that all works. Because when people think that they have you over a barrel, Mm -hmm. that's when they really tend to treat you bad. But when you set the tone, that changes all of that. And you need to ask that this complaint is placed in this person's HR jacket. It's just that simple. Right. Mm -hmm. So if not, but at least you have a documentation, you know what you've done, you know what you said. And by the way, if you go to an attorney, if it gets that bad and you've got to bring legal in now, you can say, I met with this person. I've documented. I have this, this, this. I met with my HR partner. I met with this person's boss and nothing has happened. So guess what? It's called lawsuit. Mm hmm. Simple as that. But if you are that afraid to, you know, to go to that person, ask for a a one on one meeting, then I'm just telling you, you're you're up a creek without a paddle. And then, of course, there are always those things where you you have you ask for the HR partner or for a nonpartisan person to be in the room Mm -hmm. and you know you have this dialogue again don't get caught up in crying don't get caught up in you said he said we said here is what I have observed when you are interacting with me and just stay on that stay on that stay Mm -hmm. on that Mm -hmm. because that's really important people get caught up in all of that and guess what they say you're emotional right and they dismiss you. That's right. They dismiss you. Oh, she has a problem. Oh, she's emotional. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware. So document. I can't say enough about documenting. You yeah. must document. Yeah. Have to. You got to have have that trail. 
right. of what's going on. And people will see you're serious. When you come with the, you know, I'm asking you for a meeting and I'm sitting here with my facts. You see me documenting, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that I am really taking this seriously and that I will pursue it further right. because of that action. And, and as a side note, sometimes they will tell you, I have had this situation. That's why I can speak to that. Yeah. And I'm so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And I did a follow-up email thanking the person for meeting with me and recapping what we had covered. And that person came to me face to face Mm -hmm. and said, do not send me any emails Mm. on company email as a follow-up. Guess what? I Mm -hmm. immediately, you know, emailed her, emailed the HR person and email her boss. Mm-hmm. You know, this type of behavior cannot continue. Yeah. It is detrimental in the workplace. Yeah. You know, and I am, y'all, hear the words, fearful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a fear working with this person, right? And so, one of two things they know that lawsuits are going to ensue or they're going to have to get rid of this person and they may even decide they're going to get rid of you whatever the case may be mm-hmm. all you want to do is to be paid and compensated right right don't allow anybody to take your power away from you like that and i can tell you that because i've done that yeah yeah i've done that yeah and guess what it didn't serve me it did not serve me at all and so that's why now when people say oh you're just so straightforward yes i am Mm-hmm. with a smile <laughs> <laughs> the caller also mentioned um silos when wh- mm-hmm. what happens when you're stalled out or stonewalled and you have more experience but you're you know people are putting roadblocks up to your growth mm-hmm. or to you getting that special assignment or whatever and they actually bringing in people maybe it's a nepotism thing where you mm-hmm. know your sister's uh your nephew is now working at the job and he gets the job or whatever it is how mm-hmm. do we address silos and breaking through that yeah well you know there's only so much that you can do in that regards and mm-hmm. we know that there are certain cultures where um they support you know one another right and um you know the thing is when you come in and i go back to as i said when you come in you want to know what does that career pathway look like when you come to work for their company Mm -hmm. first thing second thing is you need to have a mentor and and the mentor is not another co-worker Mm -hmm. all right but someone that has some authority and power that will be able to lead and to guide you um in regards to where you need to go Mm -hmm. what are the skill sets See, companies that are really, really engaged in promoting um, within and people, they will already have all of that outlined. But you have to come and show that you've done your homework and you recognize that. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't even ask for a no. There is a handbook that companies have. Why is that important? Because when I write emails to someone or when I had to write up an employee, I went to the handbook to see what it said when that person, according to section 2.0, Roman numeral one, you are in um, insubordinate in blah, 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 blah. And so therefore you can't get away from the fact that now it's written in black and white. Mm-hmm. That's what your company says. But with regards to silos, again, you have to come in 
learn your job, but become friends with other people that are doing other jobs. Find out what are the other things that they're doing. You may not know right off, but right away you can ask people for coffee or tea or lunch or meet them and, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. See, I always want to even know what the folks in the mailroom did, mm-hmm. you know? So that way, if I need to know how to sort mail, I had a job, right? right? So that's um, that's the difference. But you must know what are those career pathways so that you know how to maneuver. Mm-hmm. And what and most companies will have what are career pathways you need to stay in. If you're in this job, mm-hmm. let's just say you're a salesperson. You need to be in this job for 12 to 14 months before you can look at moving to this level or moving to this. So they, they're able to show you what those uh, positions are and you need to know what those are that's why you have an HR partner that's why you want to know because a lot of times your bosses aren't going to tell you that because yeah. they don't want to lose you either yeah you know you know I was teaching a, a leadership course about a month ago for work and we got into this really heated discussion it was all in it was you know it was a good conversation but what happened was someone gave an example that a person that came into an interview mm-hmm. Uh, had colored hair and it was it was like <laughs> purple or yellow or some some it was a color right right and so one thought uh, in the room was well I can't even take her seriously sitting down because I'm so distracted by her hair I just know she can't do the job mm. and someone Perception. else made the 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 assumption that or the guess that well what if Oh, my coworker threw this little caveat in there. What if she had a dying relative that said they always wanted this color hair and the person died? And you know how sometimes when someone passes right. away, you pay tribute in some way. Right. People shave their right. hair when their family member has cancer or something. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And so uh, what if that was the situation? Yeah. Well, again, you can't judge a book by its cover. Right. 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 And so there needs to be someone, hopefully, that's in that room that can see past the color of the hair mm-hmm. and really go back back to dealing with what are the skill sets can the person do the job will they do the job and do they have the um, qualifications for doing the job? Mm-hmm. And if they have that, then, you know, you've got to get past that. And, of course, yeah. we're in the Bay Area, right? right. So you, you see people with purple, green, lime, orange, whatever color hair. I look past that. I want to know, can the person do the job? Yeah. And that it, that should be for any manager, anybody out there that's interviewing. Um, recently, I had a situation where I had interviewed for a position. I've been in sales management for years mm-hmm. and uh, I just have to touch on this and it talks about these uh, tests that they want you to take. Mm-hmm. Personality mm-hmm. profile testing. Mm-hmm. That's another way to weed you out. Be yourself when you're taking those because at the end of the day on two out of three I scored so over the top. You know, personality and motivation. But then they said, oh, the one area that's timed um, you know, you you know uh, 50 questions in 15 minutes right Mm -hmm. but it's something that you know nothing about and and the caveat i asked for a copy of it and it said i would not recommend hiring this person Mm. now you need somebody that's motivational someone that has a great personality people person but 
you didn't delve into the type of paperwork that I've had to do in the past. No boss has ever said my paperwork's ever late, that it wasn't mm-hmm. consistent, it was none of that. But those are the things that come through. And so when people um, make up in their mind and their whole thing is, I don't think that you can do the job. You have to also be okay. You either have to decide, I'm going to try to sell you. But sometimes people have made up their mind. And personality profile testing, on one hand, it works to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But I also think that when you're in management, you also need to go within your gut. And sometimes just taking a chance, right? Yes. And so um, when you look at that and you see it in every aspect of life, whether you're an athlete, oh, this person would, nobody ever knew Scotty Pippins went to UCA, by the way, is one of the first colleges I did my first semester at. Nobody heard of it. When he came, he was just a scrawny kid. Mm-hmm. Nobody even thought that he was capable mm-hmm. of really playing basketball. And look at him. You know, okay. championships on championship. There, there you Let's go. Let's go ahead and take this call. All right. All right. All right. Hello, 97.5. Good morning. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Listen, I'm calling in because I'm totally enjoying this show and this topic. It is so necessary. Awesome. And as I'm listening, I'm thinking to myself, so is this a one-on-one book for people of color? <laughs> because that's, <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it sounds like, and that's so true. We need it. It's, it's amazing because in corporate America, like when you're talking about positions and being qualified, nepotism runs deep. Yes. And you're a person of color, you've got to be bona fide, triple fide to get the position to be even looked at, yet a nephew or a niece or a cousin of an uncle can come through the door just like that and be taught the position. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a great program. I'm really thanking you for it today. I really am. Yeah. Well, I would say, first of all, thank you so much for calling in. But um, I didn't write the book so much as for people of color, but I happen to be a person of color. And uh, and as a result, I'm speaking from my experiences having worked in corporate America. And you're absolutely right. Nepotism, is, as I was saying, sometimes you aren't able to overcome that. But what you do need to know and be strong in is knowing your skill sets. And a lot of times, you know, Know, we don't take the time to understand other cultures, right? People think that for black people, we're just loud and we're boisterous and colorful. Well, I'm all of that, but also I happen to be smart and educated too. So as a result, you've got to stand firm in that. And sometimes people understand that and they see that and other times they don't. And so my thing is, if you got it, flaunt it, you know what you're capable of doing. And guess what? In if it's not at this company, it will be another company. And my attitude is always, you know what, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna level up even more because they will see what they are missing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But unfortunately, I find and, and I say this out of love for any black all the black people that are tuned in and listening, you know, we need to learn how to get together and kind of have a little nepotism by ourselves going okay. on. Okay. Because we you know we're, we're haters. We're we're so jealous and envy of one another. That's true. That we can't even do that. Well, but I always say each one teach one. It has to start with each of us. And so, yes. you know what? My thing is, I'm going to hire you. If I have a black person, a white person in the room, and they both, you know, the qualifications are the same, I'm going to hire the black person because I'm black, right? But 
if there are two people in the room and the white person is more qualified or the other person, I'm going with the qualifications. But what I will do is take that person under my wing if they're open and willing and help them along the way. But, you know, the hate, the hate has got to stop. You know, um, that's the thing. And so with that, I would just say that um, the reality of it is, is this is the day and age and era that we live in. But we must understand that we've got to support and reach and teach and help each other. And that just starts with when you know it's our opening. We won't tell other folks. We know your friend. I have had people that I know and consider friends. So guess what? They've been relegated to frenemies um, because they've been in positions to hire me. But sometimes people are afraid of you outshining them. So they're not going to hire you because they're afraid. They know how much they love you. But they're like, oh, my God, I can't hire her because guess what? She going to outsign me and she could get my job. Mm-hmm. When you have that kind of thinking, I'm just here to tell you, you really and truly did not get that memo because we all have those gifts. And that's what I'm talking about. Someone has said they didn't hear the question. The question was uh, if this book was it written for black people. <laughs> well, no, that was just a joke. I mean, I, I was like, <laughs> that was about to die because when I was listening, I was like, I hope we're hearing this because this is really what we should be having on the ground. Oh, you know? all right. right. All right. Okay. Well, boots on but the thank ground. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, caller. Have a good day. <laughs> that is true. I mean, you know, we uh, we have to navigate a lot in in the workplace in general. Right. Everything from the perception of how we look, how we uh, what is our appearance, um, and having to fight through so much right. the, the microaggressions that we're faced mm-hmm. with every day. People wanting to touch our hair because if another person has to touch my hair, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But you know, all of those things that we have to navigate in the workplace. So even though Miss Gloria didn't write this book for uh, Black people specifically it is a good guide because there are a lot of really good tools in there that talk about navigating the workplace so we were talking about perception before the call and kind of just you know how do we you know everyone is into you know we had already talked a little bit about everyone being into colored hair our tattoos Mm. all of that kind of stuff you know earrings for men you know sometimes a man will wear wear a stud or something Mm -hmm. like that like all of those we have to come with our a-game even more so because sometimes there may be a wall because of the way we are appearing to others yeah well um let me just um let me just say this um whether a man has an earring in his ear or a woman has an earring in her nose. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it goes back to, you know, you also got to think about your attitude. What what are you uh, giving off when you come in? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I've said in interviews and on interview boards and people have walked in and um, they don't. Co- I come in, I want to shake your hand because that tells me a lot about a person in a handshake, mm-hmm. number one. Number two is it lets you know right off the bat that I'm not afraid of speaking to you. Yeah. Right. The other thing is, is that when you do that, you're also setting your own tone. But when you come in, you kind of got an attitude and, you know, uh, it's, it's like attitudes don't work. It, that it's just that simple but mm-hmm. as as it relates to somebody's asking about um you know uh facial piercing and all those things again i'm just coming back to 
you have to see if the person, first of all, has the qualifications to do the job. Are they capable of doing the job? Because if they've demonstrated and you've asked them through the right series of questions, if they're able to do the job, give me an example of, and that they're quite comfortable with that, you've got to go with that. They're mm-hmm. the best person to hire for the job. The thing is, see, so many companies have gotten away from uh, having dress codes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know what? That's the risk that they run. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have no dress code, and if the recruiter hadn't told you, well, you can't come in, they don't deal with facial piercings or whatever, then that might not be the company you want to be with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what I love about, like, FedEx drivers and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to be a FedEx driver, y'all. <laughs> you know, because, you know, they get to wear shorts, and they get to wear those boots, and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. But it's they're just like cool so it depends you need to know again what the corporate culture is yeah and you need to know that the other thing can i just as a side note Mm -hmm. women and men but especially women when you are out and about i grew up i told you in the south one of the things that we don't do we don't go out with our hair and curlers with house shoes on with my pajamas shopping i don't care if it's a fad i'm just saying Mm -hmm. you just never know the person that you run into may be the person that you're sitting across the desk from Mm -hmm. in an interview and all they can remember is you know what I saw you at Walmart with with some dirty house slippers and some pajama pants on Mm -hmm. now somebody gonna hit me up and say oh you know what I'm just saying dress for success at all times yeah you know we had no idea that we were going to facebook live this but i'm coming to see you so i'm coming to make an impression right. on miss wanda right. and that's all that i'm saying and yes mr hunter institutional racism is real you know and the thing is is documenting but at the end of the day you need to know and you need to be real clear on i want to go where people want me mm-hmm. and where i want to be mm-hmm. and that's the thing or make your own way right and that goes back to the different streams of income multiple mm-hmm. streams of income but you know if your name's not on the moniker and you're not signing the checks Really and truly, you just there to collect a paycheck, doing the job. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Miss Gloria, in the last few minutes, we've talked about a lot of uh, navigating ourselves in the corporate setting and stuff. Did we cover all the memos that we need to get? I know there's probably a few more Ooh. that we can talk about in these last <laughs> few minutes. <laughs> Well, let me see if I can kind of give Reader's Digest first. Okay. Um, You know, the memos that we all need to get is first and foremost that we need to be confident and competent when we're out there speaking, interviewing, talking, meeting people. The second thing is we need to learn to network on the job and off the job. And and I'm not talking, see, people see networking. I'm not talking about, look, I can party and shake it down and drop it like it's hot when you can't do anything else. But I'm talking about serious networking, one-on-one, where you're interfacing with people and developing a business relationship. The third thing is, is that you need to be real clear. You set the tone in how people treat you. And if you allow people to get away or, you know, those, I I don't like those off color jokes and all of that. And I tell people, I don't understand that. I don't like those, Mm -hmm. period. So don't tell those around me. You setting the tone for what people will do and say and how they deal with you. 
right? Um, if you're on the job and you meet somebody, I mean, I've heard of people falling in love and, and working, but listen, you need to understand that if you, there are laws that if you are a superior and you are dating a subordinate, first of all, most companies will let you go. If you go to the company and say, I want to date this person, and I've had both situations where the person has left the company uh, and still continue to date and marry the person, or they put that person in a completely different um, job, um, location, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But let me just tell you, when you're dating on the job, and it can be a hot mess, and that thing blows up, look, you don't have nobody to blame but yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be real clear on is it is it worth it right mm -hmm. um, most companies especially if you're a high level ceo president and they're married and they have affairs they have stipulations in their contract that does not allow that mm -hmm. and if it does they're gonna let you go mm -hmm. so just be aware of that if you're dating someone on the job y'all need to figure out who's gonna go where or you know how you gonna do that because mm -hmm. eventually somebody will find out by the way posting yeah. on social media and you and you know you hooked up in Cabo you know mm -hmm. with with your subordinate uh, that ain't cool either right yeah. keep your mouth shut right Just keep work work and keep private private mm -hmm. you know? and and that's and that's the key thing the other thing is is to just also understand make sure that you look at your HR um, you know um, file you mm -hmm. need to see what's in the file because if your boss has written a review and added some other things after you have signed it mm -hmm. um, then you need to be aware of that but you need to also come in asking for a mentor you also want to know um, what are the career pathways when I come to a job and how can I move back and forth for those kinds of things and I think that those are things and the biggest thing of all is to make sure that the person that's interviewing you that you interview them yeah absolutely you, you, you need to know if there's somebody i can really work with long term yeah very mm -hmm. good tips thank you so much and don't forget um tell everybody where they can find you can you didn't get the memo the book the the tv show how they can find you, follow you, oh, all of awesome. that good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I do. Um, my TV show is called You Didn't Get the Memo, and it airs every Sunday from 2.30 to 3 p.m. on Coffee TV. But you can also um, go to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and uh, you can watch all of those shows. And that that is really a blessing for me if you do that. I would like to ask that you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, um, YouTube, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty much on all the social media uh, sites. Um, and so, and then again, uh, Real Talk with Lady G, some of you who are on here have followed me. That's coming back. It's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm working furiously to do that. You can also find, uh, send me an email at you, that's the letter U, didn't, D-I-D-N-T-G-E-T-T-H-E-M-E-M-O. You didn't get the memo at gmail.com if you're looking for the book. And send me that email and I'll send you information as to how you can purchase it. But whatever you do, follow me. But more importantly, go out and do something good. Remember, the quality of your life is determined by the decisions that you make. And give us your social media handle. Oh, at Gloria Bailey Ray. And that's R-A-Y. 
Y. Okay. Gloria Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y-R-A-Y. So I'm at Gloria Bailey Ray. I have two on Twitter. One uh, at One Keeping It Real and Gloria Bailey Ray. But my Facebook is Gloria Bailey Ray. All right. Mm -hmm. And that is all the time that we have. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Gloria, for being here today. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for joining Full Circle. You know where you can find us on all podcasting platforms. Make sure that you follow the show on Facebook at Full Circle 975 or on Instagram at Full underscore Circle 97.5. Be good to each other. And remember how we do it. It's empowerment through conversation. It's Full Circle. I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.